Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Amen. You know, we're going to get into a subject matter that uh, I think will pretty much touch every one of us. Um, How many of you know that because we're living in a fallen world that every one of us in some way have been impacted? That we've been wounded, that we've been hurt, that we've been, you know, taken advantage of, so to speak. And so this morning we're going to be talking about uh, the bitter root. And um, I'm not sure that I've ministered on this subject, but one time in 35 years of preaching. And uh, as the Lord brought it to my mind, he didn't come from the bitter root part, but but as as I was preparing the service, then I found that scripture and I go, oh, that's what he wants us to talk about. So we're going to be talking about some things that may stir up a remembrance of. Maybe some things that you and I have been hiding from or ignoring or suppressing. And so it's important for us that if we're going to receive God's provision, we got to get things out into the light. Amen. And I don't mean that you share it with everybody that you see. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an individual ignoring it and pretending like it doesn't matter. It does. It does. Amen. And we need to get it under our feet. I said we need to get free. The Lord Jesus told me, he says, I want every one of my people free from a bitter bitter root. So let's solicit his help. Uh, and everybody relax, it's going to be okay. (laughs) I could tell some people were kind of tensing up a little bit, but it's going to be okay, all right? Amen? (laughs) I I think a famous person said once years ago, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine (laughs) go down. Is that Mary Poppins? Yes, it is. You know, we're a little off base if we start quoting Mary Poppins. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, let's, uh, yeah, I liked her umbrella. Anyway, so uh, let's get in there and, and trust God. Let's, let's believe for light. Amen. Let's, uh, you know, if we've got some kind of a thorn that has been festering in us, we need to get it pulled. Woo-hoo! Amen. Get it healed. That's so, Father, we thank you that your book has all the answers. And, Jesus, we know that the price that you paid was to free us completely, not just spiritually, but to free us emotionally. And so, Lord, I, I ask that you'd help us to see if, whether there is a, a, a bitter root that's been sown into our life and into our way of thinking and our mentality. Yes. 
And I thank you that as we begin to see it and begin to deal with it scripturally, it will be not just recognized, it'll be ripped out and healed. And in his place will come God's best. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how many of you know that we have an enemy? You know, the, 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 you've got to realize that the, the scripture tells us there is a personal devil. That, that he is a fallen angel. He is a spirit being. And he's the one that deceived Adam and Eve and brought his agenda and his will and his plans to the earth. And because of that, man fell. And the fruit of that sin was allowed to to manifest in our midst. But you know, he can't just push his will off on anybody. He's got to get us to accept it willingly without us knowing that we're receiving it. Understand that the devil and his bunch is always operating in the shadows. You'll never see him with horns and a pitchfork and a you know, in a tail, in a red suit. He's hiding in the shadows. And a lot of times he disguises himself as you. With your thoughts and with my thoughts. And one of the tools that he has, has used to, to willfully yield ourselves to his strategies is, is that he tries to get us offended. Offended. The Bible talks about woe unto those in whom offenses come. Actually, it was Jesus who said that. And so that's a strategy. Look over here in Mark chapter 4. Lord, I thank you for the anointing this morning. I thank you, Lord, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Glory to God. Now, this is a perfect example of the enemy trying to hinder, hinder a believer. And again, he can't do anything directly against us. Everything has to be done deceiving us to open ourselves to his will and in his ways. And here in the 14th verse of chapter 4 of Mark, it says that the sower soweth the word. Amen. And so we see here in this, this description of Jesus telling us what the, the parable of the sower means, he's liking the word of God to a seed. Remember, you and I were born again, not of incorruptible seed, but not a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed. That is the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And so he says that the word of God is, is sown. And we find out how it's sown. It says where the word is sown, but when they have heard. So the hearing of the word is the sowing of the word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
Notice it says that Satan comes, you know, in a couple of weeks. Oh, uh, he comes, you know, when, when he gets around to it. Now, he's not really that much interested in that word seed in your heart, so he's not really concerned about it. No, it says he comes when? Immediately. Immediately. Haven't you guys noticed some of the heated discussions you've got after church? <laughs> Immediately, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So he comes immediately, but notice why he's coming. He's not coming because of you as much as he is as that he's coming for the word. Yes, come on. See, he comes immediately to do what? To take away the word that was sown in your heart. You see, your heart is the soil that causes the word to grow and to produce its fruit. So now you are a liability because you have the word of God sown in your heart. And the manifestation and the harvest of that word will restrict and push back his kingdom and his hold upon you. So he's coming for it. I got to get that. I got to get that word out of their hearts or or it's going to it's going to push me further away. In the, the control and the deception I have upon that individual. So this is just one example of one of these strategies that he used. Yes. Talks about that this, this seed was sown on a stony ground. And so it, you know, it sprung up really fast. In verse 17, it, yet it has no root in itself. And, and so they're, they're just happy about what the word has promised them in their heart for just a time but then the enemy brings affliction do you see that in verse 17 affliction or persecution sometimes that affliction is just your mind going where is it 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 you know or people that have heard what you're doing they're going oh you got to be kidding me Or your mind just simply saying, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. And that's not as much you as it is him saying that. So he brings affliction and persecution to produce something that will expel the seed from our heart. So when affliction and persecution arises, for what reason? Because of the word that's been sown in your heart. For the word's sake. It says that person that allowed that word seed to come in their heart through that affliction and, and that persecution, they become offended. And that offense is what uproots that word that they had sown in their heart. And so there is no harvest forthcoming because the seed is no longer in the soil. Remember, the word of God is the seed. Your heart, you believing it, is the soil. And so he uses ways to get us offended. This word in this verse 
offended is very fascinating. The English word is offended, but the Greek word for this English translation of it, offended, is where we get the English word scandalize. Scandalized. This word offended, or to be offended, or having offenses, means to put a stumbling block in your way. Upon which one may trip or fall. Well, Jesus was just talking about someone that just tripped and fell. They got offended. They stumbled over the, the affliction and the persecution and took it personal. Got offended. And they, by being offended, they, they expelled that word out of their heart. This word offended means to entice to sin. It means to cause a person to begin to distrust and to desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. It means to cause one to fall away. It means to be offended in one. That is to see another, another uh, of what I disapprove of and hinders me for acknowledging his authority. It means to cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly of someone else. It's interesting that this Greek word that's translated offended is found 17 times in the New Testament. So apparently this is a strategy that the devil uses quite often. And that's why it's in Scripture, so we become aware. The Bible says that we're not to be uh, unknowing of the enemy's devices. And so that's why we look at these things from the Word of God so we can begin recognizing. Sometimes a person can be offended and don't even realize that they're in the snare of the enemy. Come on. Come on. That's true. Come on. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, and, and go down to the 19th verse. This is, this is a fascinating truth here in this 19th verse of Proverbs 18. Now, the King James says, a brother offended, or we could say it this way in common vernacular, a brother that is offended. So this is, notice it's called a brother. So this is someone who's following God. It says when they're offended, it says that they are harder to be won or taken out of that snare of deception than it is to destroy a strong city. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's not easy to take a city... Especially back in those days, a lot of the cities were walled. Or as we used to do in the Wild West, you know, we'd build a fort. Right? Offense is a trap that is difficult to free ourselves from. That's why we need his help, right? Look at that verse again. A brother offended 
is harder to be won than a strong city. It says that their contentions are like bars of a castle. Everybody say, ouch, hallelujah. So, how does the enemy get us to the place where we get offended to the degree that we become contentious? What does he do? Well, a lot of times he has to use people around us. Like I said, he can't just come knocking on your door and offend you. He, he has to manifest himself many times through people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that these people are demon-possessed or they're under the control of Satan. No, they just allow the enemy to influence them. Yeah. Or it could just be that fallen flesh nature that's still in their humanity that causes them to, to you know, offend us. Right? But, but ultimately, it's the enemy. How many of you know that my parents were not perfect just as much as yours weren't? Amen. I do. <laughs> they're not perfect. Amen. And they're learning as they go. And I, I, I would change an awful lot of things that I did as a parent with what I know today. And so... Some of us have been offended. We've had things done to us by our parents that, that hurt us. Yes. It, it could be a sibling. Yeah. One of your brothers or sisters. Yeah. Could be a relative. It could be a friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. How many of you know that, that the, the enemy will even deceive us into blaming God Come on. Oh, yeah. for hurting us. The devil loves to use God as the reason of your pain and your suffering. I've heard, it said, I've heard this said and it just chaps my hide every time I hear it. Well, when that tragedy happened, why didn't God knew it was going to happen? Why didn't he do something about it? Where was he when that happened to you? Well, that's a bunch of hooey. Do you know what the communists did in Cuba? The communist government would round up all these school kids. And they'd say, I want you to pray to your God that you can have a piece of chocolate. And these children, you know, loving God and all that would pray and ask for the Lord for a piece of chocolate. And then when it didn't show up, these government guys would say, well, where's your God now? How come he didn't answer your prayer? And then they would give the kids chocolate. We love you more than your God loves you. Can you believe that? 
And he'll do it. He'll do that with us. Where was he? Why did he allow that to happen? He doesn't really love you. And we get offended. How many times have you heard of people, say, you know, you, you get in a conversation, well, you know, you go to church. Oh, no, I don't go to church. And then they tell you about something that happened to them in some church somewhere. And they're offended. Yes. Come on. They're harder to win than a walled city. Because they're behind bars. Of a castle. Now, obviously, these people that are a part of this process of deception. It's what they do to, to us or because of them that, that we are hurt, how they treated us. And, and, you, and you understand that a lot of things that, that you're dealing with was actual abuse. It wasn't just a mistake. Some things were willfully taking advantage of you. Taking advantage of your weakness for their own satisfaction. I don't want to go down the list of things. That's not really my purpose, but you understand what I'm saying. Some of these things that were done to us was horrific. And every time you think about it, it, you just push it down because you, you don't want to react it in your mind. Right. And it becomes so vivid to you. It becomes so real to you. And these are things that have happened decades ago. Yeah. 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 And it still is real to you as it happened as if it happened yesterday. Some of the abuse was, you know, we've been lied to. Parents didn't fulfill a promise to us. In some way, they hurt us. They disappointed us. They used us. They, they took advantage of us. And sometimes it's not an individual at all. It's just a tragedy that happens in your life, you know, a car accident. Well, how about uh, divorce? How many times has the devil told those children of a divorce that it was their fault their parents couldn't stay together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Can you imagine living with that burden? You know my story. You know, I lost my dad as a nine-year-old boy. And I was told all sorts, you know, all sorts of things about that. That maligned and disgraced the character of God. And I bought into it. I was offended. I was offended. And you know that even after getting saved, going to Bible school, becoming a pastor, I had a disdain in doing 
funerals. In fact, I'd turn everybody down to do their funeral unless they were in our church. And then I had to force myself to do the funeral because I still had that bitter root of my father's early death. These things can latch themselves on you and, and me. And the thing of it is, is that many of us are still carrying around the weight and the pain of these Come things. On. Come on. We're still carrying them. They're still, they're still influencing us. They're still impacting our decision making and the way we see ourselves. Go over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. And I'm certainly not going to keep you late today. You can only spend, you can only spend so much time in a dentist chair. And then you got to get out. You got, I got to get out of here. Well, I don't, I don't want you in the dentist chair too long this morning, okay? And I'm trusting the Holy Ghost for Novocaine as we're looking at these things. Because I, I know already, already, some of you have been thought, thinking of things, and, and all of a sudden, it got renewed in you, and you started feeling the burden of it. Right there is a sign that we haven't dealt with it scripturally. Oh, come on, that's good. And it's still impacting us. See what I'm saying? All right. Look at this, Hebrews 12, 14. And this is really the scripture that the Lord wanted us to see this morning. It says to strive for peace with everyone. Strive to have peace with everyone. Strive to be at peace with everyone. Now understand that it is impossible for you to cause them to have peace towards you. And that's not what this scripture is saying. It's saying regardless of how they feel about you, you are to have peace towards them. And you can control that. I can control that. I can accomplish that. Right? But it doesn't just say peace, but it says strive to have peace and holiness with everyone. What's the holiness part? Well, if I don't have peace with everyone, now I don't have right standing in peace with God. Does that make sense? And without these two things, without having peace with anyone and maintaining your holiness, it says no one can see the Lord. I guess that kind of shows us why the enemy likes this one. He's coming after your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. If I can get you cranky at somebody, judgmental, unforgiving, bitter, It begins to erode my relationship with the Lord. Yes. 
Now, you don't lose your salvation, you understand. But it sure will hinder our prayers. Verse uh, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Well, how do I do that? By maintaining peace with everyone. Do you see that? So maintain and obtain the grace of God that no root of bitterness. Everybody say a root of bitterness. So that a root of bitterness doesn't spring up and cause trouble. And by that root of bitterness, many will become defiled. That's a pretty strong couple of verses there, aren't they? It's one of those ouch hallelujah scriptures. Now understand that when he's he's talking about a root of bitterness, the root is like the root of a plant. And how many of you know that whatever a plant is rooted in, it's going to affect the growth of the plant? This word bitterness means poison. So if I allow my life to get planted in poison, that's why I'll be defiled. Because the roots will draw that up and bring it into the plant or into the life of the tree or plant or or whatever the root is from. And becoming defiled means contaminated. This scripture warns us that by being contaminated by how we were mistreated by others will lead us in a direction and a path of being defiled. Now, I can say without any reservation that every one of us, under the sound of my voice, has been mistreated somewhere, somehow, by somebody in life. How many times have we looked at other people's lives and we go, oh man, I wish I could be like them. (laughs) Well, A, you don't know anything about them. You're just looking at some things on the outside that are appealing to you. You have no idea of their childhood. You, you have no idea of whether they've been abused or mistreated or taken advantage. You don't know. And how many people that have what a lot of us are trying to get and their life just ends in turmoil. So I'm talking to all of us. Right? The key is, have we ripped out that root? That root of disappointment, that, that, that root of where we were mistreated and abused. Have we pulled it up so it can't contaminate us? That's really what we should be looking at. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. Everybody take deep breath. (laughs) We're just about there, kids. Everybody said? Amen. Sorry. The the thing that that is amazing as this bitter root develops in our life, it'll begin to distort and alter our personalities. Oh, come on, that's good. Yes, that's good. Woo-hoo. That's good. Uh, and the reason our personality gets distorted is because we begin to retaliate to try and protect ourselves from it happening again. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Wow. You see, our flesh, our mind has a mechanism to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like when you, you look at the bully on the playground, he's got a bitter root. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's overcompensating. For his weakness. So when you get around that guy that's always angry, that woman that's always angry, you can begin going, they got a bit of root. And they're still wounded. Mm -hmm. And now they're overcompensating, trying to protect themselves. You can't hurt me if I hurt you first. Another symptom is that, 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 I don't know, we just always live on the, on the negative side of life. The glass is always half empty. Oh, it's going to be a great day today. 60 degrees. Yeah, but you know, they'll have something negative to say about it. Well, they're... They, they got a bitter root. If you, if you can't get happy about 60 degrees in November, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Remember the two degrees a couple of days ago? <laughs> Here's the two that manifest the most. Anybody got a guess? How would I, re- if you hurt me, how would I retaliate? Unforgiveness. Yeah, you did that to me. I'm never going to forgive you. You're trying to compensate for that bitter root. Mm-hmm. You're still hurting. Come on. Come I on. said you're still hurting. Come on. Yes. The other is, is its cousin. What's the cousin of unforgiveness? Judgment. This, these negative attitudes towards other is the bitter root manifesting itself through us. Yes. Now let's just, we're just going to look at boom, boom. And we're out of here. What, what do all these negative attitudes have in common? 
Or could I ask you this? What is the bait that the devil uses to generate these negative attitudes? I'm talking about anger. I'm talking about, you know, always being disappointed, being unforgiving, you know, always judgmental, always being, um, you know, looking at the dark side of things. The, you know, the cup half empty side of things. Being a cynic. Okay, since you can't guess, I'll tell you. Okay. The bait is pride. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. You want to know why I won't forgive? Because you did that to me. You did that to me. Me, 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 me. Ooh. Pride. Yeah. It says that contention in Proverbs 13.10, can only come by pride. This word contention means a quarrel. So quarreling, strife, division, unforgiveness, comes by pride. So how do we get free from the bitter root? Well, what's the opposite of pride? Humility. James 4, 6. We'll look at this when we're out of here. Ready? James 4, 6. It says that God gives what? More grace. How do I get more grace? Well, if you understand that God will resist the proud... But he gives grace unto the humble. The more humble I become, the more grace of God is loosed in my life. But if I'm always angry, if I'm always a cynic, if I'm always complaining about 60 degrees in November, if my, if my cup's always half empty, if I'm, I'm always in a place of unforgiveness, If I'm always judging people, yeah. Yeah. guess what? I, I'm not going to enjoy as much grace as, a, as, as I need. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Amen. But if I'm humble, it says that humility gives me grace. Amen? Amen. So how do I get free from the bitter root? Humility. Humbling myself. Go ahead and stand up. Now we're going to... Now humility is going to have to be accessed. We're going to talk about next week how to access humility and how to uproot this bitter root. we got to get it out of us. I don't want things that happened 40 years ago to impact my decisions today. Because I'm reacting to a a bitter root. Amen? Amen. I want to be free to follow God in everything. And I don't want the, the enemy's influence and where I stumbled before to continue to cause me to stumble. I want to be free. Amen. Yes. Amen? Yes. 
So let's pray. Father, I, I understand that we've been talking about some things that we don't want to talk about. Lord, there's been some things that have been brought to our remembrance that we don't want to think about. There's some pains. There's some things that, that have happened years ago that, that just have harmed us in such a way that we just want to ignore what happened. We, we just don't want to think about it. We, just, we, we don't want to deal with it. But again, that's just another one of the enemy's ploys. To hold us in this state of contention, this state of strife, this state of judgment, this state of unforgiveness. So, Lord, we, we ask that you begin helping us to see some things. Help, help us to see them as they really are. That they were a ploy ultimately, by the enemy to wound us. First and foremost, to wound us to the degree that we'll never find you. And then when we would find you, that that we wouldn't be full of the the life and the love that we could be. And so, Father, we thank you for bringing these things out into the light, and, and we look forward to seeing how to completely to, to root, uproot all these things, that they no longer have the sting, yes. the influence that they have today. Oh, sure, we'll remember them, but they won't be controlling us. Amen. Yes. Amen. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Don't forget, we got class tonight at 6. Hope to see you. Also, we got nursing home today, so don't forget to pray for us. God bless you.